We are back, ladies and gentlemen. If our sound sounds a little bit weird, it's because we are back using our phone. This is the first time in probably over two years now that Shiv and I have had to use our cell phones, but that's for a specific reason. Shiv, why don't you tell everybody where you're at right now? I'm in the Caesar's Palace on the strip of Las Vegas, Nevada, and I am going to be out here for a little while, but we'll get into that. We'll get into that. I love it. Shiv decided to buy himself a timeshare after his, uh, his recent trip that we went on in July, and uh, he's been living out there, the nomadic lifestyle ever since. Um, to be fair, Ro, I, c- I couldn't get enough. I couldn't get enough. I wanted every hundred times since we've been back on every pod, man. We love Vegas, and I just couldn't. I couldn't get enough. He couldn't get enough, man. Honestly, though, it's uh, it's super dope that you're there, especially so quickly. Um, also, you are getting there at a time when it's a lot cooler, so I'm sure the weather's been a lot nicer than we were there oh 100 percent. i can i can kind of get into that is so it, you know in the middle of the summer when eddie and i went it was 115 degrees and so if you stepped outside you were automatically cooking at a nice low temperature and you'd be ready in eight hours but now it's 85 degrees you know late september time in vegas so you know i hit the grand canyon and that was a marvel of the world i understand why it's considered a wonder of the world but it would have been a lot different experience if it was 115 degrees and not 85. I agree. What did you did the 115 degrees bother you though? No, it didn't. Uh, to, yeah, to, to caveat that, I, I I was not bothered by it. It it was only maybe at times when my feet were literally burning at the pool, but that was my fault. I I knew what the weather was outside, but no, I mean I I think you would agree too, right? It, th- that was wonderful. Yeah, that's literally the only reason I asked that is because I wanted you to make that distinction. Like for, for anybody listening, there is a thing called dry heat. And I know it's like probably overused when people talk about Vegas, but it is real. Like when it's 100 degrees in Vegas, it feels like it's... It's not that bad. No, it feels like 80 in Chicago uh, for reference. And if it's like, you know, 110 in Vegas, it feels like maybe 85, 90 Chicago. So there's like... because of there's no humidity essentially it's super dry there it's a desert um and so no and you know what's what else was sorry to cut you off was rain right so we had no rain when we were there but vegas has had a problem of flooding the past few days with that hurricane that that came by and hit i think it hit the south coast uh but Mm. the the remnants of that the remnants of that is was a bunch of rain that you know started basically flooding in all of las vegas at the Grand Canyon, actually at the top on the Skywalk, where so you know how um the uh, the Sears Tower has that that sky bridge or whatever mm-hmm. it's called the where you can stand on the glass. So they have yep. an entire ring that loops around the edge of the canyon where it's all glass. So you're basically just looking straight down a mile down. Oof. And yeah, so in the, like if you think about it, the tallest building in the world is the Burj Khalifa, and it was at least eight times as much distance down than building in the world. So that was, but it was pouring rain, right? So it was slippery and like people were like slipping on this, on this, on this sky structure. Now, at least there's like glass in front of you, but like they, they, they were like the, what you put your phone in a, in a locker, right? Because they (laughs) say it's unsafe, 
right? Yeah. And what? And if you can guess, as soon as you get out there, there's people there taking pictures, right? They go, oh, pose like this or pose like this. And one of the funny ones that they do is where, like, you pretend to push someone off, right? Oh, that, that's, that's hilarious. And so this couple was doing it where, you know, the guy was getting pushed off uh, by his girlfriend and he, like, slipped. And he luckily, he, you know, the, the worst case scenario, but he slipped down and like everybody kind of was like, okay, can we like wait for the rain to subside? And it's one of those where in Chicago, right? Or it, it would rain for, you know, an hour, two hours. It rained for 15 minutes. It rained really hard and, and all the ravens started flying. And it was like, it was a surreal experience. That sounds amazing. And that guy's also an idiot. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I can't stand when people like take those pictures on the ledge of things. I remember when I went to the Grand Canyon in 2021, I had a similar experience to you. You know how what, what side, by the way, did you go to? I'm assuming the one closest to Vegas. It's like the, the one closest to Vegas, the west side. Yeah, the west. OK, so I went on the same side and I know exactly the sky bridge you're talking about. But you know when your bus pulls up to that area, there's like a ledge where a lot of people take pictures that's not by the Sky Bridge? Yeah. So there was probably a group of, you know, foreign people. I don't know where they were from, but they were standing towards kind of like the edge, like really close, man. And there was one of them who was like trying to get down closer to like this lower ledge that was kind of like the last point before – if you make the wrong move, you fall off just for a picture. Oh, my God. And yeah. So, he, so he, he gets down there and, you know, he puts his arms out. And I'm like, I'm max anxiety at this point because I'm mm-hmm. thinking this dude's going to slip and fall. And sure enough, when he's getting back up from the picture, he loses his footing as he's trying to climb up. And, dude, he slips like probably half a foot down. Uh, luckily one of his buddies was there to like grab him really quick. Um, but that kind of taught a lesson to everybody around. Like you don't play around with mother nature, man. Like you could take your little Instagram flick or whatever, but, um, he almost slipped and (laughs) slipped his death. So I was, uh, from that moment on, I I was very weary of like going anywhere near the edge. Um, so I don't know (laughs) if you went close to the edge either, but. No, so I, so I was close to the edge. I did, like, get pretty close. But the thing is, is the ledge that I took my ledge picture on, there's a ledge, like, maybe 20 feet below that. Now, that's still a drop, but, like, it wasn't like what you were describing, where if you looked down, it was a mile down, mm-hmm. right? So mine was, like, it kind of looked like uh, it was, like, on a peninsula, and it was kind of safer, but... Yeah, dude, I didn't even want to do that. Like, I, I, I was thinking, like, really, like, you, you're, you would, I don't know, I don't know. I, I agree with you in that, in that sense. It's, it, it is a cool picture. Don't get me wrong, but that, who, who, who cares? <laughs> yeah, no, agreed, man. Like, I don't know. It's just one of those things. Like, I value my life, you know. So, I, what, <laughs> what, 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 what am I gonna stand on the ledge for? Uh, but speaking of boyfriend and girlfriend, man, there's a new couple, couple making waves in the NFL. Um, you already know what I'm talking about. Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey spotted at the Kansas City game, spotted together after the game. There's been, you know, rumors flirling about those two for two weeks. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, man? It's it's super interesting. My man. My man. Well, I'm I'm happy for the brother. I just think it's hilarious that people think 
that they got together and all of a sudden are, you know, meeting each other's parents and, you know, going to each other's events for, and they met three weeks. Definitely think when you get to this level of celebrity, you know, there's a, there's methods to keeping your, your private life undercover. Obviously it's expensive, but I'm pretty sure this has been going on for a while. I don't know if you think the same, maybe I'm being ignorant or, or, or not, but. I, I agree a thousand percent. Reason why is because about three weeks ago, he went on a podcast and said he shot a shot with her. Uh, and so there's no way, in my opinion, that after maybe three weeks of them knowing each other, that she's meeting his parents in a booth watching his game. By the way, a game where they just destroyed the other team. I mean, the Chicago Bears are the laughing stock of the NFL right now, um, which is, you know, hilarious because we've had a couple podcasts where we've had Bears fans on and they were glowing about this team before this is our year. Oh my God. This is our year. Justin Fields is the guy. Ryan Pace, the new GM. He's going to make everything right. DJ Moore, Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool traded, traded back for Darnell White. We don't need Jalen Carter, the best defender in the league. We just need a, a guy to protect Fields and everything is crashing in front of our eyes. I mean, it's just – it's crazy what's going on there. Alan Williams resigns for – there was some crazy rumors floating around about that guy. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Chicago is a mess right now. It, it is, and it – multi-sport-wise, I think the Cubs you were up a game and a half. I don't think they're up anymore. Um, I haven't checked the scores in a while. The Sox are obviously in shambles, but the Bears, man, the Bears. Listen, as a Giants fan, I'm not going to go too hard in the paint here. Uh, our track record this season hasn't necessarily been the greatest. Uh, you know, uh, we we haven't done a pod since this game, but uh, I do <laughs> want to formally uh, uh, extend the white flag on that one. I uh, turned the game off uh, when we're talking about the Giants-Cowboys game here. Turned the game off at halftime, and I woke up to a bunch of angry texts from our friend, shout out John Sig, because we beat him in fantasy because the Cowboys defense scored <laughs> 30. Was it 30 or 40 points? It was 40 points. 40 points by a defense. Uh, and I think that's more crazy than the backup running back for the Miami Dolphins getting 50 points. I mean, that is <laughs> ridiculous. And I was – I had to do a double take, and to be honest with you, the, you know, the Bears lost the first week, so so I, I could lay low for a little while. But this – this takes all the pressure off my shoulders, Eddie. I am – I'm so ecstatic that the Bears <laughs> – just cannot stop blowing themselves up to the point where I'm not even that mad to be a Giants fan anymore. I mean, this is just, this is sad. I know the Cowboys lost last week. I don't even think you can be that mad. No, man. You know, and we, we've talked about this before with, with my love for the Cowboys, but I'm a, I'm a realist when it comes to the Cowboys. There's nothing that, that I saw in those first two games that made me think that we were some dominant team that was going to win the Super Bowl. I never once – that never once crossed my mind. I knew there was going to be a game similar to the one we played in Arizona where it was a trap game. We were seven and a half, or 12-and-a-half point favorites. I think that's what the line opened at. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's just a classic Cowboys meltdown. Penalties, shooting yourself in the foot, not scoring when you get into the red zone, bad play calling. Dak looked like shit in the red zone. Um it's, it's classic, so, you know, I'm not too mad about it because this was expected from me. 
But I just want to say one thing to Bears fans everywhere, because there's a lot of you listening to this. I think that all of the hype, all of the stuff I had to see on Twitter, all the training camp throws by Justin Fields to DJ Moore, I think you guys can throw the red flag, the white flag, and whatever flag you want to throw, uh, because it's not looking good for you. Your organization is horrible in and out. Um, and really, man, being in complete seriousness here, I think the only way the Bears fix themselves is they've got to get rid of the owners. They've got to come from the top down, like no other option. You took the words out of my mouth. I, I, it's one of those where, like, listen, I'm a Knicks fan, right? I understand. I understand this. Like, this, this, what's going on right now, what Bears fans are feeling, this pent-up aggression towards, and it's like, I don't even know who to blame, right? If you're a Bears fan, I don't know who there is to blame but the owners at this point because at least in the last decade since Lovey left, we have churned through the complete front office at least three times, right? And and it, it's gotten to a point where the problem with the Bears is, is, is it, and I think the, the Giants did this to a certain extent, and, and it's still questionable if that's going to work out, is, you know, you have a coach who picks their guy. Right? The, the, the Fox had this guy. It was, it was uh, Mitch Trubisky, and then all of a sudden, Boop, he's gone. New guy in. Matt Nagy doesn't like him. The whole thing's blown up. Now we do it again, right? Nagy wanted Fields. Oh wait, Fields is gone. Now we go to the we we go to the next coach, and the next coach, guess what? Doesn't call plays that ju- that fits Justin Fields's style. I mean, the biggest injustice is really to this kid. I feel mm-hmm. bad because you know what? I see that. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy now, but I see so much potential when he plays. It's just he has one and a half seconds to throw the ball and dude that's just not going to work out for you you need time in the pocket I mean that's what makes Patrick Mahomes and stuff great right is he had seven seconds in the pocket to run around and maneuver around and then throw it behind his back or whatever he does right but he had those seven seconds Justin Fields gets zero time he snaps the ball and he's down Mm. you know I have spent most of my time watching red zone and not to pour more salt on the wound but the Bears haven't been on red zone much so I haven't been able to watch much of Justin Fields this year. But I will say, man, the couple of plays and clips that I've seen of him, it really seems like he's just playing scared out there. And not in a not in a way to like be disrespectful towards him. I just think that I think right now the situation he's in, year three, a lot on his shoulders. And to come out playing like this, I think there's probably a lot on his mental that is maybe you know, wearing on him a little bit, or it's just, there's something going on with him that outside of his physical talent that uh, is just not going right. Because this kid ran for a thousand hundred yards as a quarterback last year. Like he's not really doing that this year at all. He looks scared when he's in the pocket. He's not making throws. Even if receivers are open, he's missing them. It's, it's a, it's a very much a psychological thing in my opinion with him too. I, I do think that this next game, it, 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 it is the bounce back spot for him or he won't get another one, right? They're playing the other worst team in the league, the team that got beat 70 to 20 uh, the other day. So yeah. I really don't like it. I think this is it for the Bears, the Bears organization in terms of top down. What are they going to do? Because, I mean, you know, you, you could tank for Williams, right? But at, at the same time, I think if you lose to this Denver Broncos team who, I mean, just, you know, let the Dolphins put up 70 on them. 
I don't know if there's – I actually think everything that we've been saying, which, you know, we may have spruced it up a bit, but to be fair, bro, it, we're right there. They're right there at 31 or 32 worst team in the league. Yeah, agreed. And um, it's unfortunate because the talent that they picked up this offseason, I was expecting a lot better. I'll just say that. And even as a lifetime Bears hater, uh, I was expecting them to be competitive in an otherwise pretty mid-division. The NFC North is for the taking, man. The Packers – they look good. They don't look great. The Lions look good. They don't look great. And the Vikings are collapsing in front of our eyes. It was a very winnable division this year. And it, listen, it's still early. They can still magically turn it around. But you and I, you and I both have, you and I both know how to do the eye test well. And the eye test is telling me that this team right now, as of today, is unsavable. Um, and so that's, I think, my two cents on the Chicago Bears. Agreed, agreed, and we can close that chapter, that sad, sad chapter in our in our podcast book. But going on to, I guess, more fruitful and and positive endeavors, uh, we were talking previously about some players that you know we we identified as you know got play too much, but they mm. stuck around for years. Man, Udonis Haslam, Jared Dudley. And, you know, it, the point there is so many players that don't actually make it in the league that long, if you really think about it, NBA, NFL alike, it's like five years, and then all of a sudden there's a there's a cliff. Mm. No, you're, you're totally right. Um, I think I want to even harp on the point, too, is I see a lot of people, whether it's well, typically it's just kind of like the common NBA fan on Twitter or on social media saying a comment like, why does a guy like Jared Dudley have a roster spot? Like, he's useless. He doesn't play. He's 39. Why is he, why is he getting a spot on the team? Same thing with a guy like Meta World Peace, a guy who was, you know, in his late 30s, wasn't really playing much, but he was on an NBA roster. And I think it's because these guys – have earned a spot on the roster through their veteran experience and their leadership. And, you know, you and I were talking about this, but the fact that there are guys who are playing overseas who may be able to contribute more on the court, right? Like stats-wise, more points, more rebounds, better defender, more assist. But the reality is, even at the highest level, these guys need a leadership figure in the locker room. And that's what makes guys like Udonis Haslam and Jared Dudley and Metal World Peace so valuable. Yeah, and like it, 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 maybe from when we were kids, right? We didn't really understand the value of that, but there was always there was always a leader that whether they got picked or whether they just rose to the occasion on you know any sports team really you play on from from pee wee all the way up to you know high school, college athletics, and the pros. But I don't think there's a, an appreciation enough for those guys because. It's so goddamn hard to stay in the league, man. Like I get it, making the league is another is one accomplishment, right? It there's only four hundred or so in the in the league every year in the NBA at least. And, you know, there's nothing to take away from that, but staying in the league, man, it that that I think is a greater challenge than than just making it. Because to be fair with you, they, they they'll give they'll give somebody a shot, right? Well you right place, right time, whatever it may have you, you'll get your shot. You can make the league, you, you can tell everybody that you played an NBA game, but even though they played, you know, very few minutes, I think the fact that they stuck around is, is, is just crazy. Completely agree, bro. Yeah, man. Um, and 
this conversation all started because you listened to a podcast, I believe, with Evan Turner. That's correct. Yeah, I'm still trying to confirm that, but it was the uh, uh, JJ Reddick podcast, and he had Andre Iguodala on, and he was essentially telling him was uh, that you know he shouldn't have made the league, Evan Turner. Uh, not made the league, sorry, but but been drafted in the first round. Mm. Um, and because of the fact that Evan Turner was complaining that, you know, it uh, and, and yes, that that was the that was the episode. Okay. Um, Evan Turner, was, you know, listen, I've been man for ever. Right. I've been I've been the top dog in whatever I play in, whatever, whatever league I'm in from the beginning. I've been the top dog. I've played the most minutes. To go and put your heart into, you know, your profession at the end of the day, right? We go to our jobs every day. That this is their jobs, right? This is their this is their nine to five, and it's it's more than a nine to five. And mm-hmm. to to do all that and then to play two minutes, you know, he was saying like that. That's a new feeling that he he didn't have to to that. He, and I think the point there was was that you know because because part of the reason of being drafted so high is you get more you get more shots, right? You get more shots, you get more tryouts than the undrafted guy look at a guy like um uh greg odin right look at a like even he got as he got multiple shots because he's number one pick right and at the end of the day you're gonna get the benefit of the doubt because another team took you but that that doesn't mean that they should have taken you right and you Mm. know at the end of the day right the 76ers organization hasn't historically been the best with selecting players Right. So uh, I think it I think it makes sense, man. But I'll, I'll never know that feeling. I didn't really make it past high school athletics. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I'm, I'm right with you there. You know, what's crazy, too, though. The, the one part about that podcast that I, I think I'm missing something here because I still feel like Evan Turner had a really good NBA career. And like to say that he was a second round pick. I, I don't know. man. I feel like at worst, Evan Turner is a lottery guy like 10 to 15 because he played a lot of useful minutes when he was younger, you know? So I, I, I don't know who, if it was JJ who said that or Iguodala who said that. I think it was Iguodala. It was Iguodala. Man, um, that, that, that's kind of, that's kind of crazy. To they me. were teammates, right? They were teammates. Yeah. Yeah. The, was it like a hostile environment on that podcast? No, no. So it was a very like, you know, I'm going to be real with you type vibe, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. like, I'm trying to disrespect you in, okay. in, in any way. Um, you know, it, it, and I, I was kind of shocked by it. I saw it on a TikTok clip. I didn't see the full, but I will be, um, I'll be giving that a full listen. But uh, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't disrespectful in it. Okay, well, you know what? Then if if Evan Turner didn't get disrespected by it, I'm not either. Um, and Andre Godala played uh, what 15 years in the league, maybe a little more. So he has, he knows a thousand times more about the game than me. Um, but yeah, man, you know what's crazy too? Evan Turner's actually from Chicago. I don't know if you knew that. I did not um, know that. No. He he went to St. Joe's, uh, a school that was in my basketball conference in high school. So my my high school, my alma mater, St. Patrick. Uh, we played him growing up. And um obviously I didn't go there at the time. I was about eight years old when Evan Turner was in school, but uh one of the cool stories I always hear is how we played them like two, three times a year. And at the time we had our best player who had ever suited up uh, in a Jersey, uh, in a St. Patrick Jersey. His name was Sammy Maniscalco. Um, You could look him up. He went to play at U of I 
uh, did a stint there. I think he's played at uh, a smaller D1 school as well. But um, those two actually, because of their battles in high school, they would have like 40-point shootouts. One would score 40, the other would score 40. Uh, They became close friends. And Evan Turner actually on multiple occasions would come to my gym uh, when I was in high school and work out there during the off season. Um, and so Evan Turner's actually a Chicago guy. So mad respect for him. Uh, and he was, I think St. Joe's all time leading scorer. So um, again, going back to that thing where this dude was a dog, like straight up dog. And then he gets to the NBA and he's kind of a utility guy, bench guy. And that's not in a, saying that in a bad way. Like he still got minutes. He played a 10 plus year career. He did everything in his life that he set out to do. Uh, but it's just, that's the level of competition that the NBA is. Okay. And, and I do want to give a little correction on what I was saying. He, Andre Godala wasn't saying that he shouldn't have been drafted in the first round. He was saying he shouldn't have been drafted by that team. Oh, okay. okay. You know what I mean? So disregard that. And Eddie did correctly point that out, which, which shows our old school basketball knowledge. Cause that, that raised Eddie's ears a little bit, like, wait, wait a minute. So I'll correct that. Uh, he was talking about that he shouldn't have been drafted there more because he found his groove when he left that team and how mm-hmm. that hindered his career. So, you know, makes sense from the same token, but that's interesting, man. You, like, you, you did uh, – I think both of us did in, in some ways grow up with some people that actually, you know, made it up and maybe, like, maybe not went to our same school, but we were able to watch, right? You know, at mm-hmm. the end of the day – D Rose is only a few years older than us. Right. Yeah. And we were like, we were able to see his games in high school and like that, like he was one of those guys that like, you know, everybody kind of wrote around, right. You're not a bulls fan. I'm not a bulls fan, but at the end of the day, like I still rooted for D Rose and the fact that he came to New York, I was happy about, you know, his production. That that's another thing to, to, to debate. I'd argue that for the injuries that he had, but I don't know, man. I think that time, like that period of our of our life, it was it was exciting to watch high school basketball. Oh, super exciting, man. I think I think what was really cool about that era that was very underrated is that was the beginning of the ball is life era. Um so yeah. the the hoop mixtapes, which were a thing back in the day, don't get me wrong, there was VCR, there was VHS tapes that would go and record these kids. That's why there's highlights of LeBron in two thousand three, two thousand two, right? right? But um we were we got kind of the the beginning of the ball is life YouTube era, and so I remember being in eighth grade um, in Chicago, and there's this event every year in Chicago. It's at UIC Convention Center. It's called the Chicago Elite Classic, and they bring about twenty five to thirty teams of the best teams in the U.S. and they all get there together and play. And so my dad uh, and you know one of my buddies and his dad. We would go to it for, I think, three years in a row we went. Um, but I remember my eighth grade year when we went there, I got to see guys like Jabari Parker suit up. I got to see guys like Kendrick Nunn, who was on that same team, suit up. I got to see Jalil Okafor play there. I saw um, Jalen Brunson play in those games, Tyler Ulis, Like, guys who had, you know, really good, successful careers, and most of them were from the Chicago area. Um, Chicago, for a lot of people who don't know about this, but Chicago produces some of the best NBA talent um, in the league. And I can, you know, go on a tangent right now about some of the guys who, who are from here and who played in the league. No, please, but, please. But, I, I, I want to get enlightened a little bit here. No, for sure. Um, so I, I just mentioned a few guys. Right. Uh, Jabari, Jabari Parker being kind of 
the one of the biggest ones because he was the first overall pick. And unfortunately for him, man, I think injuries really derailed his career. Um, yeah. But he, he was a, a stud out of Simeon. You got a guy like uh, Cliff Alexander who went to KU. You got a guy like Tyler Ulis played on the Phoenix Suns. Uh, he went to Marion Catholic. You got a guy like Jalen Brunson went to Stevenson. A guy like Anthony Davis from the Chicago area. We all know who AD is. Uh, Pat Beverly, another guy. Dwayne Wade, born and raised Chicago, Southside, uh, came up. Evan Turner, who we mentioned previously. Io, um, too, yeah. Uh, Io is not from Chicago. He went to U of I, though, so he's kind of got that Illinois pedigree. I, I, to be honest, man, I don't know. I'm I, taking I, a look. Um, I'm still high on him. I don't know how you feel about him. I, I still I like think him I, too. Bro, yeah. he's, got, he's got that dog in him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, off the top, um, I'm trying to think of who. Obviously, Derrick Rose, and we all know his story um, and kind of what happened with injuries there, man. But, man, dude, Chicago's produced like. A, he a went to Morgan Park. Down. Oh, really? He did? Yeah, he went to Damn. Morgan Park. Io DeSumo, man. That's another one. Another guy born, that you could put up there. Yeah, born, guess what? He was born January 17, 2000. I'm old. Oh wow, that's that's crazy. And he's six four. You know what's crazy is like, think NBA. The six four players look like they're six one. I did not think he was six. No, he he plays a lot bigger. He definitely does. Um, I remember. I don't know if you you remember the first time you saw him play. First time I saw him play, I was at U of I actually, and he had hit a game winner against Michigan. It's the first time they'd beaten Michigan in like fourteen plus years. Um, so the school was that what must have been, that must have been a riot. I was gonna say oh, <laughs> that's crazy. It, it, was, it was the school went, went crazy that day, bro. But it was awesome because the kid like single handedly carried him there. He had like twenty five, uh, and he had a buzzer beater for the win. Man, he's a dog. So I, I root for him. I really do. I hope he does well. No, I agree. And I my first time I saw him was when he was at Illinois. But a quick fun fact about him carrying teams: he averaged twenty five seven. And seven and two steals, two point seven steals to lead Morgan Park to its second straight uh, state championship in three A. Dog, uh, uh, crazy. The five star from the beginning. That ESPN grade eighty nine. That's that's crazy. He committed. He committed. College. That's that's just wild. I can't. I can't. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be forty and like these guys could be my kids like that. That <laughs> I get. I, I'm slowly understanding that people hear how old like players are like I, uh, her name is her name is fleeting me right now but um coco golf coco golf mm. how old is she i think, I think she's, she's 19 18. yeah or, yeah i think you're right yeah she's 19 young. she was born march 13 2004 uh, like That's you know crazy. and she's she's already won a major uh so it, <laughs> it, it, it just it just doesn't stop man the the uh, Amazing things that can happen. I mean, Mike, Mike Tyson was fighting 18-year-olds at 13. You've seen that story? No, which is – I mean, that doesn't surprise me one bit. So that, when, that... when Mike Tyson was fighting with Gus D'Amato, his first mentor, right, the, the, the person that he said, you know, was the one that kept him straight, helped him win his first heavyweight title and everything before, you know, everything went off the rails. But Gus D'Amato, basically, he was so big at 13 that, you know, he walked – he walked Mike Tyson in to go fight 18-year-olds, and they were wanting to deny him, but not for the reason you think. 
not because they thought he was too young. They thought he was too old. Poof. Oh, man. He was that big. He was that big and dominating at 13. You know what I mean? Same thing. Canelo's actually fighting this weekend in Vegas. I'm, I'm debating on scooping tickets. But he's fighting Charlo, I think, this weekend in, in Las Vegas. So I'm oh. excited to see that because it's going to be a big fight. I haven't seen Canelo fight anybody besides his fight where he lost when he went up to light heavy, I want to say. Um, I think Canelo's been kind of laying low. Um, so, yep, yeah, he's fighting Jamal Charlo. I mean, good for Jamal Charlo, first of all. I'm, yeah. I'm rooting for him. You know, and nothing against Canelo, but I'm rooting for the USA over here. Oh, man, dude. I, you, I mean, how much are tickets? You should definitely try to make it out. I think they're like 350 for the worst seats. I mean, you know what? It's not often that you get to see the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world right now fight ever. Uh, so you have that opportunity, man. I, I think that's worth the 350, in my opinion. Obviously, you do what you want, but... Man, that's crazy that you're you lined it up perfectly with the Canelo fight. That's kind of sick. Um, Me too, but I do want to say, like, I think, I think boxing was coming back for a little while, and then that Spence Crawford, the 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 Crawford, uh, yeah, the Crawford Errol Spence fight happened. And to be honest, I, I I've been waiting for them to capitalize on that momentum, but then you get fights like Francis Ngannou, Tyson Fury, and I'm not gonna lie, dude, that I get exactly what's happening here, but. Oh man, as a boxing fan, oh, man, that hurts the soul. I don't know about you. Yeah, I, uh, I, I get what you're saying. It's it's tough as, especially an OG boxing fan like you and I grew up watching like, you know, Pretty Boy Floyd and guys like Shane Mosley and you know, um, you know Miguel Cotto, uh, Manny Pacquiao. You know, when he was in his prime, when he was young. So we we got to see kind of like the back end of the, of the prime of boxing. Um, and so I get what you're saying where like there's guys who are doing, you know, cross sports now. So guys like Nganu, who was a UFC guy, who's now going to start boxing. Um, same thing with a guy like Jake Paul, who is like a YouTuber, but now he's boxing and he's boxing like semi athletes. And um, I, I get, I get the point you're saying. I think I, if it does, if it does the world of boxing a disservice, that's when I'll get pissed about it. But until that point, I think I don't have a problem with it as long as they're putting the sport of boxing in the limelight. Because I do think boxing might be my favorite individual sport. I don't know about you. No, I, I, I it's up there. It's up there for sure. I mean, it definitely captivated me. From the beginning, in terms of individual sports, I'd agree with you. Boxing is definitely up there. I, I wouldn't. I'm not knocking UFC, right? I'm not. I'm definitely not. I think, you know, both of us have, you know, in a way, somewhat idolized Dana White, right, and what he's been able to build and the business that he's been able to build in in the roughest of times when his business was, you know, e- exploding and then with COVID and everything. But I agree, man. Boxing's just got that certain touch. And like when we had, I remember, you know, our sophomore year, we were 19 years old. I had a 32-inch TV in my room. That was the only TV I had. And, you know, everybody, we, we at the time lived in a fraternity house and people were doing what people who live in a fraternity house were doing, except for me, Eddie, and our friend Mike. And we were watching this fight, this first Tyson Fury fight against Deontay Wilder on a 32-inch TV that was only 480p. It wasn't even full HD. <laughs> and we, we were freaking out, you know, crouched up together next to a television because that – 
that's how much we enjoy boxing. That's how much boxing, a good boxing match that goes back and forth can really just captivate, can captivate someone. And I mean, look at it, dude. They're, they made three Creed movies. Mm. Okay. It's, and I get it. It was built off the Rocky name, but at the end of the day, like those are all boxing movies. Oh yeah, bro. And dude, Creed had to do its own thing to be Creed. You know what I'm saying? Like agreed, it, agreed. It, 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 there, there's been plenty of you know Rambo, uh, four, five, and six, or Mission Impossible five, four, four, five, and six too. I think they're making now. Um, but you still need to build your own brand to have a successful movie. And Creed did an amazing job at bringing an entirely new generation into kind of the boxing uh, movie starlight. Um, so Fast I, and Furious said, "Hold my beer." Yeah, bet they did, man. You know what's funny? They just put those movies on Netflix. Uh, and I had never watched them, but, uh, Dev and I watched the first three and you know what, man, they get a lot of flack and they're, the stories aren't great. The acting's not great, but the scenes are sick, man. I mean, these guys are like cruising around Tokyo, fucking drifting cars, smashing them. They got pretty girls everywhere, man. It's, it, it's a, Okay, I, but I be honest. Are you gonna watch them all? Is this like a thing, right? You're gonna are you gonna watch them all because you watched the first three, which are the best. But I think, man, it starts to drop off pretty hard. It it it. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe I, the adventure side in me isn't just isn't there. But uh, like <laughs> no, after, <laughs> yeah. No, you know it's it, it's not. I'm not gonna like. I'm not crazy about the franchise, and I'm honestly it, it doesn't bother me at all if I weren't to watch another one. I just think that, you know, they are what they are, man. They're just, they're racing movies with, you know, hot chicks and they know their market well. And it's, it's worked for, you know, 20 plus years because they're making, I think, what, 10 now or 11? Um, I think they're, dude, I think they're past 10. Jesus. I think they're past 10. I see the ads all the time. Like you see Vin Diesel's bald head for a good four months <laughs> of the year. Everybody does on some on some billboard on some billboard. What's that? Hold on. What's that? Speaking of like random memes, you know, I remember Vin Diesel caught that. But what's what's this like? Have you been seeing this with oh, that Kevin, Kevin? What's his name? Oh my god! Yo, that's my favorite meme out right now. I've been sending that to yeah. everybody. Um, Kevin, uh, what's his name from King of Queens? What's his what's his character? Yeah, I, so I never saw the show, but I understood the premise, and I just kept seeing all of them for being Bears jokes. But then, I, but then I started seeing more. I start. I thought it was just an NFL thing, but then it, I saw it like catch on, and I was like, "Oh, this is the, this is the new character for now." I have to send you a really funny one I sent Sig the other day. Uh, you'll enjoy it. But that meme is is taking over. Everyone's using it. I think it's hilarious. And if you haven't watched The King of Queens, I think you mentioned you didn't. No, I haven't. If, yeah. If if you need a funny show, if you want a good laugh, that's a it's an OG. It's a very good show. Um, I used to watch okay. that when I was like eleven or twelve, every day after school. And it's definitely not a show for like eleven or twelve year olds, but it's it's very very funny. Um, underrated in my opinion. Okay, now I'll keep that. Those old school shows are going to start to pop back up now as nostalgia pieces for Netflix to make make me pay another fifteen bucks a month. I know. What, uh, do, you think, what do you think about uh, uh, about Netflix and like their selection recently? You liking it? You not liking it? Well, I actually got booted off because uh, I got booted off my parents. My parents were covering the Netflix, and then you know my day finally came when they were like, 
home to uh, watch Netflix. So I haven't had access to Netflix for a couple months. But to be fair with you, man, obviously not losing any sweat over it now that sports are back. But if sports weren't back, I guess that that would be a pain. But I, I would say I'm more gearing towards getting back to the uh, HBO land. There's a the win the second season of Winning Time has come out, and I haven't seen the full thing. Now Winning Time was the show about the founding of the Lakers, right, Jerry Buss. And so now they're in the second season after they won their first championship with Magic. And uh, it's th- the second season apparently is about the Magic and Bird rivalry. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that. I think HBO did a fantastic job with the, the first season, at least. Yeah, uh, I, uh, you were, I remember you raving about that show. And unfortunately, man, like I don't – obviously I don't have HBO Max. One day I'll, I'm sure I'll get it and, and watch it, and I'll definitely do you that service of uh, watching the show because I know I'd love it. Um, I actually saw somewhere – I think it was Twitter – uh, isn't it funny? I, I, I've mentioned Twitter. Take a shot. Next time you listen to this podcast, whoever's listening right now, take a shot every time I say Twitter. Um, and every time I say 100%. Yeah, seriously. Um, but I was on X. It's not even Twitter anymore. It's X. I was on X. X the other day. Yeah. And um, I saw that they canceled season three of the show, that they're not making it. Really? Um, that's, that's sad. Well, hopefully the second season wasn't a complete flop or something. But that... That's the suck. I, I saw <laughs> I saw a funny quote t- tweet on the reason why. Um, I'm not going to share it on this podcast, but I'll tell you after. <laughs> no, <laughs> it, it's that's not bad. I don't, I don't think it's real. It's not the real reason why. It's just somebody came up with a great joke for it. Um, okay, all right. But, but uh, <laughs> I will leave it at that. Uh, Shiv, you mentioned you're going to California. I don't know if you want to get into that or where you're going to. I don't even think you told me where. Um, yeah, so I'm on my way to Los Angeles. Uh, I got some family out there. I've never been to California. I've only heard bad things about California, but I am extremely like looking forward to it. Um, I didn't want to necessarily drive out there, considering of how like wide it was. Talk to enough people who were like, you know, if it's your first time in LA you hopefully want have someone out there. It was kind of their point. And I was like, well, thanks. All right. So that means it's not going to be that easy to navigate by yourself, which is fine. You know, I'm happy to meet up with family, especially family I've never met before, but man, am I excited? Cause there's so many landmarks that, you know, you've talked about in the past. It's definitely a place where you, you told me like, it's a must visit that I have to go. And, and if it's anything like your time, just, just looking around and, and, and seeing everything, I, I'll hopefully see the other side of California that makes Everybody want to pay 14% in state tax. <laughs> I love it. Spoken like a true accountant. Listen. Yes, sir. I, I, I'm going to give you three places that I want you to visit. And if you don't do them, I'm not going to be offended, but I, I highly think that you, you will really enjoy these three places. Number one is I think you need to go to Malibu. It's a little bit out of the way. It might cost you an Uber, but okay. spend, spend it, even if it's like a morning like walk the beach in Malibu, enjoy some of the homes out there. It is truly one of like the most eye-opening places that you'll visit in your life. Definitely number one. Number okay. two, number two, I, as cliche as it sounds, I think that you need to spend time on Rodeo Drive. Um, okay. Because even though like, you know, it's – I know it's in a lot of rap songs and it's very like bougie and it's upscale, but it, it, it is kind of the Mecca of where 
luxury and high life and, you know, the belief of the million dollars one day, like all of that stuff is kind of spoken into fruition on that street um, because it, you know, it has every designer store and a lot of celebrities still go there and shop there. So I definitely think it's a must go to. Um, and then the last place I'll tell you is even do spend some time in like downtown Los Angeles. Like the, the Hollywood is obviously you're going to do that and you're going to probably do the Hollywood sign as well. But like yeah. downtown, downtown Los Angeles, kind of around where Staples Center is, that area is super cool. It's got a very, um, a, it's, it's a very River North vibe uh, to me. So I think you'll enjoy that. But the only difference is they've got the ocean, you know, right next door. So. Uh, I think those are the three places that I highly recommend you to go that I feel like you'd really enjoy. Well, I'm glad I at least had two of the three, but Malibu, now that you said that and that was your number one, I'm going to I'm gonna try and make my way out there. That wasn't on my list necessarily first, but take a recommendation. So, so we're, we'll move that up a couple notches. But yeah, Hollywood Signs, definitely a target. Rodeo Drive was something I wanted to do, obviously, from the beginning and I'll think more about downtown LA. I, I didn't, I, I heard everything was like super spaced out and, and everything like that, but I, I'll probably figure it out when I get there. But mm-hmm. uh, that good points, man. And we got something to talk about on the next one. Oh man. A hundred percent. And uh, definitely send pictures too, man. Cause uh, it, it's a, uh, for, for as much flack as California gets, and I'm not saying that it doesn't deserve it because there are some problems um, that I feel like a lot of people know about that are going on in that state currently. But it truly is, in my opinion, um, top two place to visit in the state of or in the United States. I really believe so. I just think the weather is fantastic. You've got the mountains overlooking you. You've got the beach uh, on the other side and you're sandwiched in the middle. It's the home of Hollywood and entertainment. Um, a lot of celebrities still live there. It's a land of opportunity. When, when you think of the United States, you think of two places realistically when you're not from here and it's New York and LA. Um, 100%. And so I, you know, for as much black as it gets, I've loved the, you know, two times, three times, I think that I've been there. Um, so, you know, make the most of it for sure, but you'll, you'll definitely enjoy it. Is it one of those where would we ever do a, like a guy's trip there? Would we ever do a guy's trip to LA? No, a scenic type thing, right? It, it, it's less of a guy's trip that reserve that for Austin and, 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 and Vegas and, and, and LA is more of the, and just enjoy, enjoy what mother nature built. I, I, you know what? I think it's an underrated guy's trip, but it's a guy's trip where you, you get an Airbnb yeah. And you, you hang out in like one of the kind of nicer neighborhoods and then you go out to their kind of strip of bars, clubs, whatever it is. Um, right. Or, and you do kind of like outdoorsy things during the day. You go on hikes, you go to the beach, you know, you, you surf if you want to surf. Um, I, I, I do think it's a very underrated guy's trip. It's definitely an Airbnb, get a group of 10, rent a house out and go ham type of place. Fair, bro. Fair. Well, I'll report back. 100%, man. I think you cool the rap. Yes, sir. All right, man. Ladies and gentlemen, episode number 85 of the Shetty Show, the Shivanetti Show, brought to you live from Las Vegas and Chicago. Uh, we've got guests lined up for you. We're going to be more active posting soon. Uh, reason it's been a little bit 
kind of uh, choppy lately uh, is because, you know, we both had kind of stuff going on and we haven't both been in the city at the same time a lot of times. Um, so we've got new shows planned for you guys coming up. Follow us at T-H-E-S-H-E-D-D-Y-S-H-O-W. Show love on the page. Interact with it. Comment. Like the pictures. Let us know who you want to see next. Shiv, any final thoughts? No, peace and love, everybody. Have a good week.